deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, and welcome to the Streetcast. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, are you planning on throwing any uh, Harry Potter themed parties or conventions this weekend? Of course, of course. I've I've rented out um, the Portland Convention Center um, and I've filled it with my DIY candles. I've been just slaving away at the hot glue gun for weeks <laughs> now. Um, I'm so excited. It's just going to be it's going to be great. I've, you know, hot glue gun wands for everyone at the door. So I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait to see everyone there. Well, so that's, that's really great. And I can't wait to receive my, uh, hot glued wand. Um, here's the problem. You can't call it uh, a Harry Potter convention anymore. Well, why not? That's what it is. I've put toilet basilisks on in all of the bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh well be that as it may warner brothers has has decided that uh you can no longer do that warner brothers has 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 decided that uh harry potter fans need to go through official channels and uh i guess give them money or just go to the official ones which great um yeah so this is from the the hollywood reporter this is our big news this week uh and i hope that warner brothers doesn't decide also that podcasts are uh, against wizarding law because that would be <laughs> a problem don't look at the patreon guys uh, uh everyone is welcome to come on the street cast a couple warner bros execs <laughs> um however there's there's a the the top quote from this article and, it, and this is one of those things where like i i am 100 on the side of like harry potter fans here i think this is fucking ridiculous uh this is never a good look for a company to do um but in true like potter head fashion the responses to this are exactly what you would expect the top quote here is it's almost as if warner bros has been taken over by voldemort trying to use dark (laughs) magic (laughs) trying to use dark magic to destroy the light of a little town um and like yeah but have you heard of corporations have you heard about companies before this isn't I don't think this is the thing that makes them Voldemort. I also just, I, I think there are a lot of fictional examples of, you know, corporate greed villains. And I would not say Voldemort is that. Yeah, I don't know if he really counts. Um, yeah, he's, you know, Voldemort is a villain in a lot of ways. I'm not sure if, uh, if I, if I'm, if I'm honest, I think that, um, you know his 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 business acumen probably isn't that great especially going by the level of genius he displays in the reading that we'll get to later uh <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if that's really his forte uh but this sucks i mean i this is a this is a weird tangent but like i have firsthand experience with this kind of thing i was at a a uh anime convention in portland <laughs> uh not super long ago and there was uh-huh. like dr- drama happening on the floor because uh there was an artist alley and also some like official company booths and mm-hmm. the 
official company booth had like gone around and cataloged all of the artists that were like selling fan art with characters that their company was also selling like official merchandise from and got them all kicked out like yikes yeah it sucks like why would you do that there's no like it's one of those things where like yeah like legally i'm sure they have like a a a right to do this but like why you would ever exercise that why you would ever actively i don't know like like go against the the especially like harry potter is big but like harry potter isn't like aside from here on this very fine show harry potter isn't really like in the headlines or or anything anymore like the people who are doing harry potter conventions have probably been handing you money for like the better part of a decade if not longer so like i don't know cut them some fucking slack like like i don't think they're gonna scoop up any like new money you could have made by holding a bake sale that has like lightning bolts on the on the brownies like who fucking cares yeah it just it just seems unnecessary and greedy and they just shouldn't shouldn't do it I, I don't know why or how this really benefits them in any real way um but it's it's always sad to hear when this kind of stuff happens so um the other thing I'm kind of curious about here is some of, I, I know at least a couple of these are quite big. Like there's LeakyCon or whatever, which I only know about this because one day that's a that's a shrieking shack goal is is I, I want us to have a panel. Uh, but but if Warner Bros. Uh, is is the freaking dark wizard lord, we can't do that. So <laughs> chill out. Um, I have to say, I I understand the name LeakyCon because of the Leaky Cauldron, but right. what I it's just not a, not my favorite choice. No, there are so many other things it could be if you didn't know about her, the connection to Harry Potter, and none of them are good. Like, <laughs> well, okay, actually, no, like it could be like like it could be either a plumber's convention or it could be like a piss fetishist convention. It's like there's no, you yeah, just don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I and I understand it's like thematic, right? Because you're the leaky cauldron is like the spot between the Muggle and the Wizard world. But there's just got to be something else. <laughs> just, just call it, yeah, I don't know, PotterCon or not, not just not not anything with the word leak in it. <laughs> um, Unfortunate. I, I would, but more I would, power to them. More power to them. Fuck Warner Bros for this. Uh, and I hope that they, I hope that they they go back on this because it's just like why there there's Ever- no. There's no argument for this that like makes them look good. We're all going to go see their dumb movie. We're all going to go and we're going to see that stupid, stupid movie. Uh, so I don't know why they have to be so defensive. We're going to buy our kind of stuff when it comes yep. out. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. And and I and the uh, as far as I can tell, the response to this so far has just been like a couple of them have changed the name. Like wow. the job Warner Bros. You they really did it. Um, so that's that. That's our big news. But um, I would be remiss if I went a week without checking in on our friends at Bustle. Um, I love Bustle. Who always have the greatest headlines and articles. And a, so many of them are about Harry Potter. Great. I, we can always count on like one Harry Potter headline a week from Bustle. But uh, we have a treat this week because it's two. <laughs> I'm going to start with the headlines here. Uh, and... I, I feel like I know where you're going to land on these. I'm sure. going to offer you the option to dive into these articles a little bit and see what's in there or just leave it at the headlines. Okay, okay. So here's the first one, and it is 
the 21 best Harry Potter tweets from this week because the internet is sometimes an okay place. I feel like this can't be good. Whatever's in there. Okay, well, here's the other one. I'm going to change the rules here. You have to pick one. Oh, God. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so so maybe hold whole judgment because the other headline is what I learned reading Harry Potter for the first time as an adult in the era of Donald Trump. I mean... I feel like this is a, a dilemma where both of these things are going to be the same. Mm, yeah, actually, no. Uh, mercifully, no. The, the the tweets and the the Trump article are surprisingly completely unrelated. I think they might have written. I think they might have compiled these tweets before the news, the capital N news, happened this week. Okay, okay, okay. I can't take the second one. I just can't. Um, as an adult reading Harry Potter again uh, for the first time in many years, I'm just gonna. I will take my lessons about Donald Trump for myself. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> so give me <laughs> hit me with some tweets. All right. I'm not gonna read the names. I'm just gonna read the tweets here. Uh, Okay, actually, I'm going to back up here. What is a love language? Because a lot of these are about love languages, and I don't know what the fuck that means. It, it's there. There was a book that was written by like a maybe he was a psychologist, maybe not. I'm not really sure. And it's one of those like self help relationship books, and the idea ah. being that you have to know your partner's love language, and there are like four or five of them. It's like gift giving, um, uh, something else, like. Uh, touch um <laughs> there's i i mean it's it's goofy but a lot of people put a lot of stock in it uh, okay. like quality I'd... time is one of them i think all right i had not come across this before so this was new to me but we have a whole lot of tweets here about harry potter love languages what uh, yeah so this tweet well it's specifically the house lo love languages what are the different house love languages oh yeah this is this is going to be like a, a great intersection of like a personality test with pseudo self-help oh yeah psychology oh, yeah. stuff so yeah hit me with it all right so this first one is hogwarts love languages gryffindor i will make you proud of me hufflepuff i will kiss your boo-boos Ravenclaw, I will look up sicknesses on WebMD. Slytherin, I will bury your enemies. I don't remember any of those as the the official love languages. I, I don't think say. I will kiss your boo-boos is, is an official love language thing. Um, it doesn't sound like it. That might be, maybe these things are examples that are contained within the, the, the big love languages, but... Um, <laughs> is is boo-boo a medical term? Which house was, was kissing boo-boos? That was Hufflepuff. Uh, so yeah, probably. All right. What's uh what's Hurtwood House's love language? You think? Good question. Um Petting and feeders. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, bonsai. Bonsai cuz he was an arborist. That's true. Uh again, feeling like that's not one of the love languages, but uh, we're just adding more because this is <laughs> the wizarding tiny trees. Well, you, when you think about it, it's like the wizarding world really um it's, you know, they have in the muggle world we have Broadway, right? In the wizarding yeah. world they have wizard broadway so Damn, so true. so we have like muggle love languages and then wizards have like wizard love languages and they're kissing boo-boos um uh you know trimming trees yeah these sorts Hell of yeah. things all right well if, if if that one doesn't strike your fancy uh there are there are more love language tweets these ones so that was all contained in one tweet right uh-huh 
Uh, these ones are all a tweet apiece. So get ready for these okay. ones. Okay. Hogwarts love languages. Gryffindor. I'm going to do this incredibly reckless thing that I think makes me look cool and you think makes me look like a buffoon, but you'll realize you care I injured myself in a very preventable way and oh shit, you're just stuck with me now. <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all one sentence. Really good. Uh, uh, you know what it is. These are some... I saw a while ago someone was saying that Twitter was becoming like 2013, 2014 era Tumblr, and I think that's true. In a like nebulous indescribable sense that is the vibe i'm starting to get yeah Uh, i I don't think yeah is this do all of these love language harry potter tweets in this bustle article are they coming from one of those hashtag games that pop up every now and again so the first one was this one this set that i'm reading is just someone doing it of their own accord as far as i can tell that takes some initiative so i i respect that yeah um honestly all of i'm I'm gonna (laughs) I'm 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 gonna take a request here. I'm gonna tap out. I'm I, I can't read any more love language ones. Uh I'm just I'm just mostly disturbed because these are not what love languages are. Right. These are these are like just house personality descriptions. These aren't the love languages. I don't I mean, I don't know what love languages are. Okay, well I'm, I've looked them up. So I just okay. So I'm going to tell this is according to uh Dr. Chapman, who wrote this book. The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. And it was written in 1995. And the five love languages, according to this book, are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Oh, acts of service? You mean like a troop? <laughs> yeah. You gotta, I, you gotta, you gotta, gotta respect, respect the troops. The troops. okay good well okay i'm just gonna say that all of the hogwarts love languages are respecting the troops that's that's where i'm oh yeah they definitely do i just i don't know i appreciate the creativity of these tweets but they seem to have strayed from the prompt a little bit is all i'm gonna say um what is who is john mulaney do we know who that is uh yeah yes Okay. The, I mean, the name rings a bell. Because, well, so the, I, I should have mentioned, this is a sub, this is an article with subheaders. Like, they're really serious about organizing these 21 best Harry Potter tweets. This one here just says, Mad-Eye Moody is the Detective J.J. Bittenbinder of the Harry Potter universe. What does that mean? Does that, does that mean John, anything to you? No, John Mulaney's a stand-up comedian, though. Oh. He's, he's very popular right now oh he's he the, hosted snl right. you'll you'll know him if you see i his know face. who john mulaney is he, he yeah he tells that delta airlines joke that goes on for 10 years yeah i know yeah mm-hmm. yep uh-huh yeah yep uh i don't understand who De- detective jj bittenbinder is but if it's john mulaney related i don't want it um one twitter user settles a debate over steve rogers oh yeah uh good nope not reading it okay yeah man you you really got me here making me read this one because now this is making me like physically hurt and i'm the one who's supposed to be reading you bad tweets yeah so i'm just I've trying fallen. to reverse it i'm still trying to reverse engineer the the john mulaney <laughs> tweet um uh, uh, i've fallen john, on my own sword here yeah you really have um which you know i'm glad that's going to come up later uh mm-hmm. john Bittenbinder is a retired member of the chicago police department safety speaker and author best known for his work as the host of 1990s crime series tough target what does that have to do with john mulaney <laughs> bustle 
You're you're killing me here. Stand-up comedian John Mulaney references Bittenbinder's presentations to Mulaney's class at St. Clement Catholic Elementary School in the comedy special Kid Gorgeous. So we're just not up on this lore. No, this yeah, is a, this is at so many deep levels of John Mulaney lore that we just can't. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I can't I can't really feel bad about this that we we can't um can't puzzle this one out on our Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> uh yeah. Um well how about this? Uh Hermione was hashtag adulting before hashtag adulting was hashtag adulting. Um yeah, it's weird that it's weird that young girls are expected to be uh more adult faster than their their uh <laughs> schoolmates <laughs> um and uh okay you know what i'm gonna do the same thing as this article here so i can't really judge bustle here but but it needs to be cataloged uh the last one two three four five tweets here in this article mm-hmm. um after they've been like going through and finding different ones the the last section is just just a bunch of funny tweets from at Hori Pator, which we oh we're a, we are a big fan of this of this we Twitter. love Hori Pator. Um, so they have some good tweets. Screaming Voldemort in public places to see if anyone flinches in order to find fellow wizards. Um, uh, the Hogwarts teachers must have felt so stupid when their traps designed to keep Voldemort from the stone was beaten by three eleven year olds. Uh, Harry then did something that was both very brave and very stupid. Harry's entire life summed up in chapter 10 of Philosopher's Stone. And then finally, weather turns freezing. Me, Dementors. Lights flicker. Me, Dementors. Wants to eat chocolate. Me, Dementors. Hmm. So I I actually had to mute you there because you were laughing so hard at all of these. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just hooting and hollering. Welcome back. They're very funny. I'm... Yeah, thank you. Well, thank uh, you, Bustle. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There is a there's a little there's a tiny treat at the very end here, uh, a topical one. Uh, IMO International House of Burgers is the worst of the houses at Hogwarts. <sighs> just a big groan groan from that one. <laughs> so just uh, think about that one for a little while, um, which you'll have some time to do because uh, in honor of our finally finishing this book i have uh i think we should stand and thank jk rowling uh while while this little anthem plays beautiful thank you yeah i think it's time i think it's time for our reading let's 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 put a bullet in it let's finish this let's do it i am ready to talk about this book now and never talk about it again <laughs> oh well mm, we've still got a movie Oh, you think I'm going to talk about this book again? It's not like I have <laughs> haven't been talking about the Norbert chapter for the last six weeks. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's. All let's... right, here we go. Chapter seventeen: The Heir of Slytherin. I'm going to have a tough time summarizing this one because kind of a lot happens, but most of it's just kind of an info dump. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pro- I'm probably just just bear with me for this one because it's it's really something. 
we we pick up where we left off and Harry walks into the chamber and sees Ginny and she's laying on the floor. She's not moving. He runs over. He's like, Ginny, Ginny, wake up. And she's not moving. And so guess who steps out from the shadows but Tom Riddle. And he kind of fakes out Harry. For, well, he doesn't. Okay. Harry just doesn't understand what's happening for some reason. It goes on for about two pages where he keeps saying, like, Tom, help me get Ginny out of here. There's there's a snake. And then he has Harry's wand somehow. He's like, give me back my wand. We have to leave. And and Harry takes a long time to realize that, that Tom Riddle is up to no good. And Tom Riddle starts asking Harry, Harry some questions. And I, I guess we, we get like a series of reveals where Tom Riddle explains everything that had happened. He says that he heard that Harry had defeated Voldemort in the past. He gloats about framing Hagrid for opening the chamber 50 years ago and says that Dumbledore suspected him all along. He then writes his name in the air and then rearranges the letters into I am Lord Voldemort. Fuck yes. (laughs) Harry tells him how he defeated him in the future. And he goes, oh, a powerful charm or a powerful counter charm indeed. Well, I'm going to kill you this time and says that he's the most powerful sorcerer in the world. And so Harry says, no, you're not the most powerful sorcerer in the world. That's Albus Dumbledore. And after he says that Fox flies in with the sorting hat in his claws and, and Tom Riddle makes fun of him a little bit and then calls the snake says kill him and the snake comes out and and harry like is running and has his eyes closed but he he looks and and fox is poking the snake's eyeballs out and it's super gross and then the snake is like coming toward him and he sweeps his tail across the room and like uh i guess sweeps the hat into harry's like and Harry catches the hat and he puts it on his head because he doesn't know what else to do and a sword falls out and then he stabs the snake through the head with the sword and kills it but oh no the snake has pierced Harry's arm with a fang Tom Riddle comes over and is like you're dead anyway I've won um I'm going to be strong now and be able to leave and and rematerialize as Lord Voldemort and Harry and and I and Fox comes over and starts crying on his wound. Tom Riddle says, "Oh, your bird's crying. It knows that you're dying." But really, it's healing tears. And Harry stabs the diary with the fang, and Riddle dies, or the memory of Riddle dies. And Ginny wakes up. Harry brings her to see Ron and Lockhart. Fox shakes his tail feathers at them. And they grab onto the tail feathers and Fox flies them out of the chamber. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh my god. This this is a, like, cornucopia of fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, it yeah. is so stupid. Um, like, okay. Being, uh, be, st- starting chronologically here. The scene... Where Harry doesn't recognize that Tom is, like, being evil is endless. It is a comedy routine. It, like, how does he not know? How does he not figure it out? Like, 
Like, I, yeah, I try to keep my summaries like as neutral as I can. I don't know how else to describe the scene where Riddle is just standing there and Harry is at, is like trying to help Ginny and he's like, Ginny, wake up. Ginny, are you okay? And, and says like, Tom, we got to get out of here. We're leaving. It's dangerous. And Tom is just like standing there smiling. And it's not, it's not a paragraph that this happens. It's not a page that this happens where Harry doesn't realize what's going on. It's about three and a half pages it's so and like they monologue at each other a little bit uh he tom riddle takes harry's wand and harry's still like hey buddy quit fucking around we gotta we gotta move like he he just doesn't get it at all um this scene might have been kind of cool and scary if uh if tom riddle had been a character at all in the book um yeah the diary and um and tom riddle were in one chapter and where where it was already plainly obvious that they were up to no good yeah i i don't understand i I guess i don't know why harry has to be so clueless here just absolutely worthless in this scene it's he's absolutely worthless and also his like biggest emotional outburst when he finds out that tom riddle is a bad wizard and is voldemort uh the like the like most offended harry has been in this entire book is tom riddle suggesting that he is the most powerful sorcerer in the land and harry's like "Uh uh-uh that's dumbledore excuse me and like that's the most heated he's gotten that he like he he has a whole spiel for for voldemort about how um actually dumbledore is the coolest wizard uh he's not really doesn't really seem all that incensed to find out that tom riddle is voldemort and like is a huge evil racist guy who tricked him just seems annoyed (laughs) that he would uh dare to besmirch the name of dumbledore it's very weird we haven't seen harry interact much with dumbledore and we don't really have any reason to believe any of that I guess there are yeah, some Harry's secondhand. Really... Harry, Harry is... Has Harry really seen Dumbledore do any magic? Uh, I don't think so. Like, like Dumbledore's nice to him. He he came and talked to him and ate some of his candy at the end of the first book. But like, they don't. Dumbledore hasn't like done anything. Like he hasn't like blown up a castle or or or. I mean. I guess he like made pumpkins hover on Halloween. <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like, like what is what 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 is Harry talking about? What is his fucking deal? I guess um, I will be generous to it and say that most of the stuff that Harry has heard about Dumbledore has been from like has been secondhand things from people he trusts. That's true. and I and I guess he is a kid so i i can't remember who it was maybe it was ron saying that his parents think that dumbledore is the greatest wizard who ever lived or something and so maybe and we know Harry that hagrid, just... hagrid loves dumbledore like i can see where he would get this from it's just weird that that is the thing that sets him off like that is his hair trigger yeah yeah and, it, and it's hard to it's kind of hard to swallow after his his three pages of just utter cluelessness and honestly the entire book of him feeling nothing about much of anything (laughs) yeah um i have a question tom so tom is a memory yes and and he so not a ghost 
I guess, but still, like, sentient, still clearly, like, has a mind of his own, so he's not, like, a recording or anything, um, and he can apparently walk around and interact with physical objects, so why does he need Ginny's, what does he need? What's his deal? <laughs> um, well, I guess I'll tell you the real answer, and that it's Ooh. because he's a Horcrux. Well, yes, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, the other Horcruxes that we see in the book have powers, and we know that he can resurrect himself through it. But he does need help to do that; otherwise, he is just like a weird, uh, like ghost guy that can like sort of interact with things. So I think that what we're supposed to think, and again, I don't know if this was something we should know it this like i don't i don't know if this was pre-planned i know people put a lot of stock in that but i i assume when i read this i'm like okay well this is a horcrux that is like halfway or or mostly completely restored right yeah okay. he, he I'll almost buy that. did I'll it i'll buy that yeah i'll buy that the the, the physical manifestation of one seventh of of voldemort's brain okay sure i'll take it <laughs> from the past um, from the pa- from the past but also very like like he's he's present he is thinking and talking and not he's like not a recording or an imprint or anything so the whole he needs to figure out what's going on in the present and how future future to him harry will defeat him is like i'm kind of going cross-eyed just thinking about it like this just feels like a bad voyager episode or something where i'm like "Mm, uh, okay sure um like don't think too hard about it i guess is the answer i do think that it's pretty spooky this this scene i think has the I mean, much like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of the same with the spider scene and, and like a lot of the bathroom scenes and stuff. It's like, this is a cool scene that doesn't work because of everything that came before it. Like, like again, if, if, if Tom Riddle, if this was a like big reveal that like, if Tom Riddle had been a trusted character, if Harry had had the, the diary instead of Ginny for the whole book or something, and like mm-hmm. we had been ostensibly trusting tom riddle up till this point i would have been cool with this scene you know it's just the fact that it is it is a twist that had no um like precedence it's like it's like just the twist part and none of the like satisfaction of seeing pieces come together yeah, because it what it was that it was it is the I've said this before about this book and the way the mystery is constructed that it uses the language and the script of a mystery except for the like pieces aren't there to make it work so it just feels mm-hmm. like it's going through the motions and when you say that it's like yeah this is going through the motions of a twist but there was no there's no setup it's it's not as if oh this this character that we we either like or or know something about or think something about is is actually the bad guy because we don't think or know anything about this guy (laughs) no we we got one scene with him uh like not that long ago and it's just yeah it feels hasty and and rushed and 
like like I, I i i've said this before but like this really cements this for me this book feels like a series of cool scenes that that jk like knew she wanted to happen in a book that were like kind of poorly strung together and you can't tell me that the coolest scene of all isn't Tom Riddle writing his name in the air <laughs> and rearranging oh. the letters to say, I am Lord Voldemort. Oh my God. Like, okay, sure. It's a children's book, but the bad guy's name just being <laughs> an anagram of his real name is so fucking funny to me. Um, like, I would like, like, you know, Okay, here here's a reference. You know in Kingdom Hearts how they like rearrange the clones' names and put an X in there and like and like that's yes, how yes, they I name do. the clones? That like that's that is like like this is on that level of just like uh, okay, sure. Like like it's, this is the, the Roxas twist, but it's for it's for Tom Tom Marvolo Riddle. So maybe honestly, I would actually say the Kingdom Hearts one is probably handled better because at least that one it's like, oh, Sora, but rearranged with an X in the middle. Sure, okay, I'll buy that. This is like JK made up a stupid sounding middle name specifically to make this work. That and it doesn't even rearrange to just be name to name. It is name to sentence. The sentence being, <laughs> I am Lord Voldemort. Oh, uh, how has nobody figured it out? Like, like, yeah. No, uh, no. We're going to have, okay. Okay. I, I got, I have to have you put a pin in that because yeah. that, because next that chapter is the, is the one where Dumbledore talks about that and we yes. I'm going to go crazy about that because it's yeah, nuts. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's so much to discuss just in this chapter. Um uh so yeah, so so we get the we get the we get the Kingdom Hearts 2 twist. Um like I I actually didn't check this up cuz I I honestly felt like I didn't need to. Marvolo is not a real name, right? No, like, it's no, it's not. Like like I mean it probably is now, right? Oh, sure. Someone, yeah, someone out there has the name Marvolo or the middle name Marvolo. Marvolo sounds like a name that would be made up for like someone making a like evil D and D character in a like mafia setting or something. Like, yeah. To like, be fair, I do kind of like it. Marvolo. Like as far as made up names go, I'm I'm kind <sighs> I am kind of a fan. Okay, on its own, maybe in between Tom and Riddle, his last name is already <laughs> a, uh, a like puzzle. Like, like his last name is already like a clue that there's something in there. Like, it's just too much. It's it's sure. It, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I still i I'm not even. I don't even have a problem with the write write your name out in the air and rearrange it. If this scene wasn't so painful to me, just because Harry, yeah, again, it's, it's, and it's, it's just it's the miserable. payoff with no with no setup. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot wait to see what it looks like in the movie. Like, I have not seen it since it was in theaters a long, long time ago. I don't know how they're going to handle this because it's supposed to be like like this is like the big twist, right? Like this is the moment, uh, and like 
having a character slowly write their really long name out and then rearranging. I just can't imagine how that's going to work. Um, I guess like this really is here uh, partially for whoever that person is that sat down and read this and sees anagrams and, and word word puzzles really well. And when they go to the trophy room and see Tom Marvolo riddle, they're like, Oh, that's Voldemort. I'm not that person. I have a confession. Are you ready? <laughs> mm. When I was about 13, I played a lot of Neopets. I was a Neopets tycoon. Hell um, yeah. And there was a there was a flash game and it was called uh, like the the castle of Elive Fade or whatever and it was just a it was a timed anagram. Like Oh puzzle, yeah, yeah. Puzzle no, game. I, I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Great game. I cheated. I used I used an <sighs> anagram engine and, and cheated Gasp. every day to play that game because I can't see anagrams did you do that before or after going to get your omelet and uh going to the giving tree i think that i was so rich that i didn't have to go to the omelet or the giving tree damn i know yep that's wild bring back neopets was good that's it still exists it's very it's very very bad these days oh that's a shame um so yeah i guess now let's move on to the snake battle and the 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 bird battle i didn't like it it was just too too gory for me (laughs) i am it's so gross i don't you know this honestly reminds me a lot that kids books are always a little bit more gory and violent than i remember i was a big fan of redwall as a kid and for, yeah. some, and for some reason didn't notice how gory it was at the time and as an adult i went back and like read the first redwall book out of curiosity and within like the first two chapters there's like a vivid description of a rat getting run over by a, like the wheel of a wagon and it's described as just he, him like exploding into like red mist so the the moral of that is is that kids books are so gory they're kind of gnarly this is pretty gnarly um i i will give gk props for like this is for a for a pitched battle between a cool giant snake and a cool magic bird this is like the least exciting battle i've ever read in a book like it just sort of flies around like Harry can't see what's going on. And then the eyes are punctured. And then the, the snake is like, there's it's, it's almost comical. Like the snake is like wiggling around because its eyes have been popped out. And Tom Riddle is just yelling for it to sniff. Like, yeah, he's like, like, you can still smell him. You dumb snake. Sniff him. Sniff. I think he, he seriously goes like smell, smell, sniff at one point. And I'm just like, this is, this is, this is all you got. Like, it's a big snake. Surely there's a cooler battle scene you can have here. The the number of things Harry does in this chapter that he just does of his own like or like that are described as like, oh, he just wasn't even thinking. He just put on the hat because he had nothing else. And like uh, without thinking, he he held the sword out and stuff. I, I, I have a a horcrux related complaint here um (laughs) if harry is also a horcrux or whatever the way that uh tom riddle is here in this Uh scene how come like i would normally i would assume that like oh this like otherworldly hand is guiding him and that's a clue for something later but that surely can't be it because i would imagine that the like mysterious thing controlling him 
would be Voldemort because he is also a Horcrux. So why would it be helping him defeat Voldemort? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I will be, I will be completely honest and say that I completely forgot that Harry is a Horcrux until just this moment. Um, (laughs) I, I think that even the like mysterious hand that is guiding him doesn't work because most of the things don't really like happen even of his own like i don't know why i did this but i did it and it worked because the i i'm like mind palacing this situation where the snake is like thrashing around and he sweeps the hat with his tail into harry's hands and harry is like oh this is what i have here (laughs) he just puts a fucking hat on um yeah it's like, even in this big battle scene, Harry is just sort of not doing anything. And it's impressive how he's not doing anything, because even in that instance, like, there, do we not want a moment where Harry sees the hat and, like, lunges for it or thinks, like, that's all I have. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I have to try something. No. Right. <laughs> like, like, he just, like, no, he's, like, some otherworldly force or, like, Maybe we're just supposed to assume it's his 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 raw gumption or whatever. But what like yeah what what is what is he doing here? It, like 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 I guess I guess I mean I guess this sums up the book perfectly is that like there's all this very obvious danger and evil around him and his only reaction is to do like well I I don't know well not really thinking don't really thinking I'm not really thinking about it. Oh, I got this hat in my hand. I guess I'll try to put it on. Although I did, I did, sword out. <laughs> I did find it very comical when he puts the hat on his head and gets like bonked by the sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, glad the sword was apparently facing hilt down. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise that could have been a problem because it doesn't say anything about it having a sheath or anything. It's just a fucking sword. So I. I'm really enjoying this from the perspective of Dumbledore's master plan. I know we kind of goofed on this uh, for Philosopher's Stone about how how it would be just impossible for him to plan that this was going to be the outcome, because I think this is even a more comical version of that. Uh, so he'll get, <laughs> I'm going to put the sword in the hat and the bird will fly in and sing <laughs> and drop the hat but not close to Harry because it'll be so the snake. Okay, hang on. <laughs> this needs to go in. The, are you writing this down? It needs to go in this order. Uh, the bird is gonna peck the eyes of the snake out, and the snake will then, with perfect trajectory, swipe the hat towards Harry. Now he's probably not gonna know what to do, but like if I know this kid, he'll probably put the hat on, and then I want the sword to come out of the hat then and nearly knock him out while the snake is trying to kill him um, and make sure that the hilt is pointing down because I tried this before and it, it, <laughs> you, you don't want the sharp end coming down now. Okay. There's one other key detail here. This only happens if he swears fealty to me, if Voldemort says he is stronger than me. Okay. But he'll say it. We know he's going to say we it. Know he'll, oh yeah. He's a, he's a good little kid. He'll, he'll definitely say it. But yeah, if, if he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't get any of this if he doesn't verbalize his loyalty to me. <laughs> it's good job, Dumbledore. Yeah. It all He's worked out. He's such a benevolent and powerful wizard. 
So that's the battle, I guess. The snake, the snake is immediately uh, stripped of its like one power uh, by the bird that flies in. And yeah, except he Harry... also has the most poisonous fangs in the world. Oh, that's uh, true. And and Harry is a master swordsman, also. Oh, also, okay. We, we, <laughs> this, we're spending way too long on this bad chapter, but wait, I can't not point this out. Um, let us not forget that when Harry is poisoned from the most poisonous fang in the world, uh, and Fox comes down and starts crying on it, Tom Riddle's reaction to like seeing a bird cry like big tears, which I'm, you know, I like birds a lot. I'm not a scientific expert, but I don't think <laughs> birds cry big human tears. So Tom Riddle's just like, oh, what up, bitch? Your birds crying? <laughs> like, like, wham, wham, wham. Like, he, like he, he's not like instantly aware that something's going on. He's just like, oh, look at the bird. It's crying. You sh- it- and then, then he realizes and verbalizes like men, like, like slowly pieces together out loud phoenix tears healing powers of course i forgot (laughs) later on we get to find out that he's the most brilliant student that hogwarts had ever seen (laughs) he was the head boy like he he was such a fucking genius i just love that like like so he he forgot like he's not even going like like oh it's too late for you the poison is too strong phoenix tears won't help you it's like like he just sees a bird crying which is not a thing birds do and goes like (laughs) nothing nothing weird going on here (laughs) i've got this in the bag his gloat in that moment is insane i think that that might be the craziest craziest thing the like Oh look, you're dying. Even your bird is sad, you idiot. <laughs> what? Oh, it's so good. It's it's everyone in this book is a huge dumbass. Like, yeah. like that is it well, except Hermione, who who we'll get to because she yeah. has um a moment at the end. But yeah, everyone in this book is a is a first degree dipshit and it's and it is so funny by the end of it it really is Uh, i will say that i did like the imagery of the diary being ruined probably would have been more impactful again if we knew or cared about it at all yeah it's like the the ink flying out and squirting everywhere like blood is cool uh it's very cool yeah it's a cool moment um but harry harry's done it he's with with a bunch of help from outside forces he has saved Ginny from the slime chamber yeah saved Ginny from the slime chamber um somehow without doing anything he just kind of stumbled into it i will say that this chapter has our greatest you know we've complained a little bit about this book just not having any real genuine payoffs or setups or like feeling satisfying all of that changed in this chapter damn it's true please Uh, let me please yeah this is all yours let me set the scene harry and Ginny are are walking back to where ron and lockhart are jenny's very upset she's crying um they you know ron has cleared a path through the the tunnel cave in and explains like oh lockhart lost his memories because my wand exploded um and they're like damn how are we gonna get out of here they look at the they look (laughs) <laughs> they look up at the pipe 
And here I'm going to read, read a passage. This is my favorite passage from the entire book. Ron shook his head, but Fox the Phoenix had swooped past Harry and was now fluttering in front of him, his beady eyes bright in the dark. He was waving his long golden tail feathers. Harry looked uncertainly at him. <laughs> he looks like we want <laughs> he looks like he wants you to grab hold, said Ron, looking perplexed. But you're much too heavy for a bird to pull up there. <laughs> Fox, said Harry, isn't an ordinary bird. Oh my god, it's so good. Grab my <laughs> ass and I'll fly us away. Like, I, like Okay, so Dumbledore came in in that one scene and like explained the whole uh uh phoenixes can can carry heavy objects thing. We got that. Um has no one is that a like wizarding world secret is this the is this lore is this is this like 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 apparently because tom riddle and ron and genie are all quite perplexed by uh the phoenix powers which as far as i know from like comparing this book to like the the, the real world and what we know about phoenixes and how common phoenix imagery is muggles seem to know more about phoenixes than wizards do yeah, I did a little bit of research uh, in our Muggle stories. I, I was unable to find anything about them being able to lift heavy things. No, so that might just be a, a Harry Potter a special. Secrets, yeah, Chamber of Secrets exclusive <laughs> feature. But yeah, I everyone seems very it's very mysterious. Uh, Tom Riddle doesn't remember that Phoenix Tears have healing powers, but he does he does eventually remember because he's just so smart and good at knowing things, I guess. So yeah, they 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 fly on out of there with Fox. It it, it is. I, I I guess the timing is probably incorrect for this, but I want so desperately want the lore for this book to be that J.K. Rowling saw someone playing Banjo Kazooie and thought that'll be the end of my book. Hey, here's a question: hmm. How did Ginny get out of the Chamber of Secrets every time that she was down there? Oh, wait was she was she going in there every time, or was she just opening it? Because you're right. How, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I think know. she might have I just mean, been opening it, but did she like? Ha okay, 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 okay. Um, did she open it? So she went in the bathroom. She did. The diary did, was Tom Riddle coming out of the diary and speaking parcel tongue to the yes. toilet and opening I, it. That's got to be it. Yeah. And then was he going down in there, like from the book? Did she throw the book? To, like, because <laughs> I don't understand. Did he like yell down the pipe at the basilisk to go do something? That might be it. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very I unclear the, on the I details. Is, uh, I, I, I'm going to throw this one out here. Got a little, uh, got a, it's like got a little connection for you. Um, and you, you know, you know, my, you know the famous Reddit connection about how the spiders, they don't have eyelids, so they'd be oh, afraid yeah, of the yeah. I think yeah. this is going to blow that shit out of the water. Oh, That's I can't wait. Shit compared I can't to what wait. I've got for you. Book one, Harry is sent to the closet for letting the snake out. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Book two, Ginny also sent to the metaphorical closet for letting the snake out. Oh, shit. Right? 
I am Boom. going to. I okay. I'm going on to the Harry and cut the podcast. I'm going to the, on the Harry and Ginny subreddit immediately to make this <laughs> post. They belong together the entire time. They have a common history. They have a common history of letting snakes out of places they shouldn't be let out of. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay, that's what a chapter. Yeah, I think that I'll probably wrap this one up, except for one detail that I left out of my summary that I guess is important, and I and I leave it out every time because it's. Uh, I guess we'll talk about it in the next, next chapter because I don't care about this plot point at all and I don't understand why it's in the book at any point. But a big part of Harry and and Tom Riddle's like back and forth is that Tom Riddle says like, Harry, you're just like me. You're a parcel tongue. So just keep that in mind for our summary for next chapter, I guess. All right. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Keeping it in my noggin. This is chapter 18, the greatest chapter title that we've encountered so far, Dobby's Reward. <laughs> Thank you. So, Harry, Ron, Lockhart, and Ginny go to Dumbledore's office. Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are there. So is McGonagall. Harry tells everyone everything, which is in the book described as like, Harry took a deep breath and explained, and then it just explains the plot again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. I think it's Mr. Weasley that scolds Ginny, like, I told you not to trust a book once it is revealed to them all that Ginny was opening the Chamber of Secrets the whole time. Dumbledore has his line about how, like, older and wiser wizards have been, has been, have been tricked by Lord Voldemort and there will be no punishment. The Weasley parents and Ginny leave to take her to the hospital wing, and then McGonagall leaves to prepare a feast, I guess. As she does. As she does. Ron and Harry are then just kind of alone with Dumbledore, and he awards them 200 points apiece, and the same award that Tom Riddle got 50 years ago for catching Hagrid, so the special awards for services to the school. Not taking that one away from Tom Riddle. No, no, you can't you can't take a, like awards away. That's impossible. <laughs> once they're once they've been awarded, it's just that's it. And then Dumbledore tells Ron to take Lockhart to the hospital wing so that he can just talk to Harry. And uh oh I guess I missed that Dumbledore had explained to the whole group that that Voldemort was Tom Riddle and not many people know that, I guess. Dumbledore kind of explains why Fox showed up, said, you you must have shown great loyalty to me to call Fox into the chamber. Harry says, well, there's one thing I'm still worried about. I feel like I'm like Voldemort because he said I was and I speak parcel tongue. And, and he finally admits that the hat tried to sort him into Slytherin and he's feeling really weird about that. Dumbledore then has his iconic line about, again, I always bring up this iconic line and can't remember it, that it's your choices that define who you are not your abilities but says that he does have like traits that Slytherin would have liked and he cites resourcefulness and I think and determination I guess uh Harry feels a little bit better but Lucius Malfoy bursts into the office with Dobby and it's revealed that Lucius planted the diary all along to discredit the Weasleys and defeat the Muggle Protection Act because they were thinking that if Ginny opened the chamber then Arthur Weasley would get in trouble at work. Mm -hmm. um, and also just to kill Muggleborns because Lucius Malfoy is like that. Uh, Dumbledore, you know, they, they all, Harry and Dumbledore say, we know you did it, Lucius. He says, you have no proof. 
He's like, Dobby, we're leaving. He kicks Dobby out of the door. Harry turns to Dumbledore and says, hey, can I have that diary and give it back to Lucius Malfoy? And Dumbledore says, sure, and gives it to him. (laughs) Harry takes off his smelly, stinky, filthy, muddy sock, and he puts the diary inside it, runs out into the hall, says, Lucius Malfoy, I have something of yours. Puts the diary into Lucius Malfoy's hand. He pulls the sock off, tosses it aside to Dobby, looks at the diary, has some shit to say to Harry, uh, and then Dobby's like, oh, Master gave Dobby a sock. I'm free. And Lucius gets pissed again and is like, you lost me my servant. And and Dobby says, you know, you won't harm Harry. And then he hits Lucius Malfoy with a flipendo and he gets, you know, knocked away. And that's kind of the end of that scene. We have some kind of uh, later scenes like at the feast celebrating the, the end of the school year, exams are canceled, all the petrified people are, are, are cured. Hermione runs into the hall saying, you solved it, you solved it. <coughs> also at the feast, Ginny is just, is, is perfectly happy. Again, Draco is sad. They've won the house cup. Everything is great. They also fight. We get the little reveal where Ginny says, oh, I walked in on Percy kissing his girlfriend, Penelope Clearwater. So that kind of resolved that little mystery. And later on the Hogwarts Express, Harry gives Ron his phone number uh, for over the summer at the Dursleys. And then the book's over. So, oh boy, there's a lot here. Um, This is such a short chapter, but there's so much to go through here. Yes, um, yes. First of all, I laughed out loud at the part where where Harry walks in and, like, sees everyone, uh, you know, in Dumbledore's office and then explains to them everything that has happened for almost a quarter of an hour. Like. Yeah. Damn, 15 minutes. Uh, that's all you got, Harry? <laughs> Like, I, I guess I guess he's not destined to be a podcaster, huh? No, we no, we're at 60 <laughs> minutes and we've been talking about this bullshit and we're not anywhere close to done. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this. Yeah, this that, like like even even in like a passing description of his actions, Harry can't like muster any energy for this story. Um, what what is the deal with uh with the uh what have i always like it's supposed to be like this really obvious like oh of course Ginny, you stupid idiot but like the what have i told you you shouldn't trust anything if you can't see where it keeps its brain what the fuck does that mean i did not like i thought that was so mean also what does that mean i i can't believe that that's like his first response to his 11 year old daughter being alive yeah, like this is your fault. Yeah, I told you not to trust things that. He, what does that fucking mean? Where's the car's brain, <laughs> Arthur? <laughs> you enchanted a car that's like fucking alive. Where's the car's brain, my guy? Yeah, uh, I, I hate every part of this with Ginny in this chapter. She's so upset. The things that she did were horrific. She strangled like. Literally the chapter before, she strangled roosters, she attacked classmates, she attacked a cat and loves cats, she, I mean, there is, there is such a level of empathy in this book for her, because 
I find her st- her story that doesn't really exist to be very believable. The idea of this this little girl that's that's going away to this scary school, um, and is pouring her heart out to who someone who is an older boy and is being taken advantage of and being possessed to do horrible things like that. That's heavy stuff. I yeah. think like. Wow, like not even, and it and it also happens to be Voldemort, right? Like, right. That's some heavy shit. I mean, I mentioned last episode. I think like the the version of the story where like Harry gets the diary and is like, like we get like the more suspenseful version where he's like slowly corrupted into doing the dirty work for like a wizard nationalist, like that. Ginny got the most interesting arc of the book and it didn't exist in the text. Right. And I think, and I think it's, it is a, a story that is chilling and isn't in the book. And I don't think that I have been as mad at this book until I got to the line where she was perfectly happy again. Oh my, yes. The, the, like, look, I know it's a kid's book and you don't need to go into like, the extreme details of like PTSD or like, you know, experiencing trauma or whatever, but like at least throw in a line about how like, you know, she was a little fragile, but like trying her bit. Like, I don't know, like say something beyond besides, and she was perfectly fine back to normal. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, is like a story doesn't, I mean, good stories can be about, trauma and ptsd this does not have to be one of those but that doesn't mean that a character can't like a, can't it, it's it reminds it's very sitcom to me it's like it nothing happened and it, we had to yeah. go back to the beginning again and i don't know why and i don't know what's wrong with a character experiencing consequences from something that happened in a story yeah it's it's so uh well, like the same with all like the the Mandrake, like like all all the people who were petrified and had the Mandrake stuff and like came back, like they're all just totally fucking fine too. Like they just like missed like months of their life, like in a coma or whatever, and like come back and have a big party, I guess, and everything's cool. It's so, I, 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 I I'm like it's weird too because like the first book the whole mirror of erised uh chapter and arc was such a good fantastical like representation of a character dealing with grief right or like a character Mm -hmm. dealing with loss so it's not like jk rowling can't write that it's you know it's not a matter of of like this was a subject that she just knew she couldn't touch you know or do justice or whatever like she's done it before so why here is Ginny just like like Ginny was a thrall for an evil wizard for a year for an entire school year and then snaps out of it and is just completely fine like it's, it's just it feels like it, a bummer it's just it's so unfortunate and I feel like this book is so it's so shallow and then it gets yeah, to that point where i'm just like why why does it have to be like this and it's cruel to Ginny. like it's 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 it, i am now like i going into this book i think we both knew that like 
Genie is one of our least favorite characters overall, right? Or at least like one of our least favorite aspects. Because it's it's one of those things where it's tough because it's like I like, I mean, I'm not saying I dislike the concept of Genie as a character, but like my lingering memory of her was that she was a character who never did much and then was suddenly very important at the end. And I think reading rereading this book actually makes it that worse. It's not that she was uh you know a minor character who suddenly became a major character later on it's that she was like she was the major character of this book and got no screen time like yeah like this by all rights this is her story or at least she should have been a major component in this story like a major character she go- she undergoes the most dramatic arc in this book of any of the characters and she appears for maybe two paragraphs total of content yeah uh and now it's it's less that i dislike Ginny as a character and more that i am frustrated that she was not utilized or given the space that she should have had to be a character in a story that should be an important development for her yeah i I think that this book has made me a little bit more sympathetic to, I think, people that read more into Ginny's character than is actually there, if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, Because it should be there. There There's like a foundation of a great story for a character that just doesn't exist in it. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, who's who's that that Slytherin character that we we joke about? Mephelda. like the amount of like time daphne greengrass gets in the story is probably not that much less than Ginny got in chamber of secrets you know <laughs> like Ginny is the central figure in this entire book's conflict and just doesn't exist really as a character it's 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 mind-boggling to me honestly yeah and i don't i'm very curious to see if this ever comes up again in like in relation to her character if there are any lines you know when harry and Ginny become friends and and later you know boyfriend and girlfriend if the fact that she was possessed by lord voldemort for a year is mentioned or or alluded to or bothers her you know like i'm like we around book five or six or whatever Ginny suddenly becomes like cool badass determined like poster child of gryffindor right and i feel like i would understand that a lot more if that was how she processed the events of this book right like she decided that she, you know, oh, I'll never let something like that happen to me again. I've got to be self-sufficient or like putting on a brave face because deep down she's still really upset about this thing that happened in her childhood. Like there's so many ways that you can make that work with this story. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's two out of, I don't know, a fucking billion ways that you could spin that and have it work. But because nothing happened in this book that we see from her perspective and because it just ends with it saying, and she was back to normal and just fine, we are robbed of a potentially really good character, I guess. Yeah. 
So I think that was the most infuriating part of this chapter to me. I think, and, and that's saying a lot because uh, the second most infuriating thing that happens in this chapter is like in that same paragraph, Hermione runs up and says, you solved it to Harry. What did he solve? Name one thing. <laughs> nothing. Well, no, he did solve, he, he did magically solve all of the how did people not die when they got petrified things. Oh yeah, he he did uh, Sherlock Mind Palace that one right out of right, <laughs> right out of his brain. Else. Yeah, uh, he which, solved the least important thing, maybe. Like, it, like it is it is in fact not important at all. It <laughs> literally doesn't matter to to any part of the, any, of the puzzle. No. He, because he just... because really they all could have died right like the the story would be functionally the same if everybody had had died from the they basilisk. just can't because it's a kid's book right, right exactly like... so like so piecing together how the basilisk didn't kill them is not important useless. I, I i will say that the the one thing that i will that is a huge reach to say that harry solved is when aragog says to them the girl died in a bathroom 50 years ago and Harry thinks, oh, I know a ghost that lives in a bathroom. <laughs> well, that that I wouldn't even call solving. <laughs> that's that's remembering. Like, <laughs> I'm being – I said it was a reach. Yeah. I said it was a reach. Uh, yeah. The word pipes being written, very mysterious. Uh, who knows what that could mean? But Harry solved that one. Uh, other than that – he did nothing. I Hermione solved everything. Hermi so Hermione. Okay. To be fair, to, to, well, yeah. To be fair to all all of them, uh, they were all equally stupid in forgetting that Harry had an invisibility cloak that could have solved them four chapters worth of work uh, <laughs> with the Polyjuice potion. Um, but it was Hermione who like strung together the entire plan to make sure that Draco Malfoy wasn't the heir and was killing people. It was Hermione that figured out it was a basilisk that was killing people. It was Hermione that figured out it was going through the pipes. Like, Hermione did everything. Hermione did all of the work. Uh, Harry thought about it real hard and remembered that how all everyone didn't die like he did nothing i i guess he remembered that Dumbledore was a cool wizard and that made a bird appear but like that's that's all he fucking did. I like, come on, Hermione deserves the credit here. Like, uh, just not to repeat old jokes, but like Hermione Granger and the emotional labor is the book. Like, <laughs> like she fucking did everything. Yeah. And, and then to have her again, I know he said this, run into the hall and say, you solved it. You solved it. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, it's double weird too, right? Because like, if you remember, I think it's a, is it book four or five where because I mean, like, they have a fight in every book, but like Ron gets pissy that like Harry is always like the big hero taking all the credit for everything. Like this feels like this should be sowing the seeds for Hermione to be the one like you didn't fucking do anything. Like you were there. That's the most you did. Uh, yeah, but no, she's uh... she's cool with it. Okay, so this will, we talked about all the things that Harry didn't solve. Can you tell me what Harry's character arc in this book is? Because oh I God. am I am trying to mind palace my own 
thing here, which is I do not understand this plot point where Harry is worried that he's like Voldemort because he speaks to snakes and because people thought he was maybe racist. I don't know what the point of any of that was. I don't understand his internal conflict at all. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I I, like, I'm trying to think in my brain hole, how, like, what is the, (laughs) what is the string that connects all of Harry's like thoughts in this book? And I've kind of got nothing like, the first few chapters are really strong, right? And there's the, like, we, I think everything up through them arriving at Hogwarts was great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we, I think we both agree that, like, like, we were definitely defending, like, the flying car thing. We were like, yeah, that makes sense for their characters. And, like, the book, the book starts all of the, fuck, all I can go back to is that all of this would make so much more sense if the diary was more involved with Harry throughout the book, because the them stealing the car because they're panicking and they think it's a cool, but like deep down, you know, they, they think it's just cool, right? They think this Hell is a yeah. cool idea. Like absolutely. The, the through line could have been, he thinks the diary is cool or he thinks Tom Riddle is cool. And he's, and he gets worked up in this real bad, shit right like because he because he thinks it's cool and dangerous and and badass you know sure and and wants to be powerful like like that would make sense but we don't get that we get harry making a harry and ron like making a bold and pretty stupid choice at the beginning and then not making any choices for the rest of the book um and i I don't know. Like is 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 JK Rowling trying to make a like is the what 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 weight is parcel tongue supposed to carry, right? Like what real world comparison are we supposed to make in that? Is like is parcel tongue like having a German last name after World War II? Like is like <laughs> like is is that the level that parcel tongue is or is parcel tongue like having a swastika tattoo is it like like why is why is that such a big deal and 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 if if it is a big deal which it clearly is in this universe like like the the christian fear of snakes is a big thing in this book and is very funny mm-hmm. to um you know that's just imagery that, that this book borrows that's fine that's in so much of like the western canon whatever right i'm, I'm not like upset about that but what does it mean? Because if if you're going to choose a way for your character to like share an uncomfortable similarity with a villain, I feel like that's a pretty fucking lame one. You know, like, like when is that going to come up again? Like talking to snakes, like that's not, it's not like he becomes like a ghoul when he sees a snake and like, like <laughs> does objectively evil stuff like we can see that he can still control his brain like when he's talking to snakes and like like i don't know like i i don't get what that metaphor is supposed to be like what is that wh- where does that line up it's also um it, you know we're supposed to believe something about parcel tongue 
and and how and how it fits into the world. And it seems to be related to descendants of Salazar Slytherin, aka evil wizards being able to do it. Um so we have a society that we know is obsessed with bloodlines and Salazar Slytherin was like a pretty famous guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um we but the wizarding world also doesn't know that Voldemort is Tom Riddle. Also, for some reason, didn't know that Tom Riddle was a descendant of Salazar Slytherin when he was in school. So I guess I'm just I'm just confused. <laughs> okay. So or or so so okay, we have we have Dumbledore's famous line. It's our actions that define us, not not our abilities, right? It's our choices yeah. that like I, I would say that's a fairly decent moral however yeah. combined with the bloodline obsession stuff are is this more of a like maybe the maybe the other wizards are the real racists thing is this a like <laughs> like oh so you judge salazar slytherin because he thought that like blood purity was real but also you're judging me for having salazar slytherin's blood sounds like you've got some growing up to like is that is that what this is is this like boomer wizard facebook (laughs) why isn't there slytherin pride month is that what this is it sure seems like it in some ways was harry supposed to be related to salazar slytherin originally because i I, I understand that the reason that he can speak parcel tongue is because Voldemort left a little bit of his soul in him as a Horcrux. <sighs> what a frustrating story. I don't. <laughs> this I is just... a bad book. I'm yeah. happy to say it. I'm I'm happy to be done with it and say firmly, this is a bad book. This is a bad entry in the Harry Potter series. And I hope that it is the worst one because it's really bad. I know I I know I said this last time and I know I said it just now but why don't people know that Voldemort is Tom Riddle? <laughs> I don't understand. No, Again, why is no one interested in it? We now have it we it is confirmed. Dumbledore is like it is not widely known. Dumbledore, tell someone. Do people like uh, not many people know because i guess i just keep that information to myself also the name is an anagram and um we are a people who are obsessed with bloodlines and i guess no one sees voldemort who we're at war with and wonders hey who is this guy yeah like like where this where'd this guy come from like he just manifested like i don't know it's like I keep thinking, like, whenever, like, each topic we've gotten to on this chapter, I've been like, we haven't even gotten, God, we haven't even gotten to the fucking Dobby stuff, right? Like, like we have so much more already. Like, like, it is, everything we've gotten to in this discussion, I've been like, and that's, and this is like the shitty cherry on top of this crappy Sunday, but no, like, there are (laughs) so many cherries on this bad Sunday, like, um, yeah, no one seems to know or care that Tom Riddle is Voldemort, and like n- no one's gonna interrogate that. But oh my god, we have to talk about Lucius Malfoy for the third time in this book, busting in at the exact right moment to have a dramatic <laughs> conversation with someone, uh, and all that Dobby stuff. Like, yeah. Is- bonkers. So Lucius Malfoy's plan is a lot more like fully formed than I would have expected or remembered. He cl- he had a clear 
and it's all it's all outlined to us because Dumbledore and Harry tell Lucius Malfoy what his plan it was, and he's like, "You have no proof." Um, so he put so he's and it all and there was more of a setup in this book than I, you know, was giving it credit for, which is all that stuff about the dark artifact raids. Yeah. And the like Muggle Protection Act that Arthur Weasley um, put out there. And then also uh, Arthur Weasley's career being a little bit jeopardized by the flying car thing, him being like uh, made to look like a hypocrite because he had an enchanted car that was very dangerous. And that was the kind of stuff that he was working uh, to keep out of the hands of muggles. And it turns out that Lucius Malfoy planted the diary that he knew was one of Tom Riddle's old school things with the daughter of of arthur weasley hoping that she would open the chamber of secrets and be caught killing muggleborns to discredit her father and get him like by the way i call bullshit on this i went back and read that scene where he throws the transfiguration book at her there is nothing in there there is not even a hint like for for a book that likes to plant clues as like profoundly obvious as like the oh my bird can carry heavy stuff (laughs) like there is not one clue in in that paragraph that would lead you to think that like like there's nothing that says like oh there is a uh, there is uh one more book than harry remembered seeing before or like harry noticed a bulge in the pages between the old transfiguration but like nothing like that it is just the transfiguration book yeah, so, and, and Harry has a line. He's like, oh, you slipped the diary into Ginny's Transfiguration book when you returned it to her cauldron. But that's not really how clues work. N- no. So. And also not really how books work. Not also how, like, memory works. Like, that's such a bizarre thing to remember and then also <laughs> an odd thing to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I do kind of... Uh, I do kind of like Lucius's Malf- Lucius Malfoy's plan, though, like more yeah. than I thought. I, I, I mean, I, I liked that Borgen and Burke scene a lot way back at the beginning, and I, 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 I honestly like, like the I, I find the Muggle versus Wizard like politicking stuff really interesting in this book, at least, and like, and fun, and like. Like it is, it is funny. It is like one of the better pieces of like world building in this book. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I like that stuff a lot. Um, I almost prefer the like, uh, like politics shenanigans to the um, to the, like chamber mystery. But oh I guess yeah, would, like 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 even even like even at its best, if both if both plot lines were like pulling their weight and like at their best, I would probably choose the like like whimsical cynical tongue-in-cheek like wizard politics uh like thriller you know <laughs> like it's just uh-huh. it, it, it's cute it's cute it's a, it's a nice idea yeah yeah so so i did i did like lucius's plan and and it again was way more well-defined than i thought it was he the whole scene is really goofy and harry it's like very funny again knowing how he got the diary to Ginny is just like big eye roll um but you know double is back and at the school and lucius malfoy is kicked off of the board of governors uh because he blackmailed all of the board to get dumbledore kicked out so it is f- really funny that he thought that would work like like he, he was just like this will this will not backfire on me you know, <laughs> you know? Like, 
like me versus what 12 other guys like all of them will be will do exactly what i plan like no problem mm, yeah then Dobby. harry yeah so harry then in excruciating detail pulls off his his sock and i hate this so much the descriptions <laughs> of harry's sock in this are more vivid than anything else in the book uh it is sli- it is slimy smelly disgusting Ugh. like so many words here for for just like just say sock it's fine i don't need to i can assume even just a stinky sock yeah, I could assume that, like, after a fight with a big snake, that his sock probably wouldn't be in, like, prime condition. It's it's just weird. Um, and then his, his plan... So speaking of plans that don't really make much sense, uh, he stuffs the book in the sock, gives it to Lucius... Like, what was... Did he have a backup for, like, if Lucius Malfoy didn't throw the sock in the exact right direction <laughs> threw it like on the ground or back at him or didn't pick it, it up or or dodged I, or, it or didn't catch or it yeah cast it on like i don't know set it on fire anything else but no yeah. he did the exact perfect thing uh also just like the way that this like house elf magic works and whatever like, because he didn't intend to to give him a sock, right? No. I, I I'm very confused about how all of that works because presumably the house elves do. I think we know that they do the laundry, um, and we have a scene later on in the books where <laughs> Hermione. Yeah, right. That's true. How do you, if if like accidentally tossing a sock at Dobby is enough? Like, does Lucius have to like? do the laundry himself like how does that work i've never thought of that yeah and and there's also like in the i think it's the fourth book when all the spew stuff comes up hermione is trying to free elves and and the obvious like jokey joke of it is they don't want to be freed so they're really mad at her and she tries to like leave clothes around and they don't pick it up but you can we know you can free an elf against their will because we oh, see yeah, Barty Crouch do it to Winky. That's right. Uh, so uh, I'm not super clear on how all this works. I'm not sure because it clearly was not intended. It might. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't know if it's just because Dobby wanted to be free. So he is more um, open to interpretation. But I don't know if that's how this like binding magical contract should work. Um, <laughs> right. It's, so. It's- it's a lot, and then he he uses a cool spell. I do like the description of Lucius Malfoy rolling down the stairs. That was yeah, pretty me good. Too. Yep, yep. I like. I appreciated that. Dobby um, is very Dobby, powerful. Dobby's just gone at the end, yep. and this really reads to me like Dobby was never meant to come back. Uh, what if Dobby had never come back? Ah, oh, what if? No more. Ha- he would. He could have been the only house elf in this whole series. It could have never come up again. And then we would have been truly able to indulge in Dobby. That's and, so and true. Instead of getting honestly kind of sick of him. Um, <laughs> health storyline. It's it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's it's Honestly, I had not realized how small a role he played in the book. Um, he only appears three times. Yeah. And, and only the first time is like an extended scene. The rest is like like the other two scenes are like 
two pages or not even that. Um, so he's a very, very small character in this, which I, I did not remember. Yeah, it's very disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> I know we were hyping up Dobby before this book because we were looking for something to like because we yeah. love Dobby here. Um, we do love Dobby. We but do yeah, Dobby. We, we just didn't get to indulge that much this no, book. We did not. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I mean, you know what? This is the end of the book. This is the, the end of our time. Well, we've still got a lot of uh, book club goodness to discuss, but this is the end of our time, our, our chapter discussions. So I'm just going to let this fly as so one last indulgence in our good friend Dobby in the Chamber of Th- Secrets. Thank you. Pour one out. Pour one out for Dobby's pussy. <laughs> oh, shall we take a break? Let's do that. Let's take a break and we'll be back with uh, with our postmortem on this on this nightmare book. Welcome back. You know, Harry and Ron are not the only ones who have uh, won an award recently. I know that they won their awards for special services to the school. But I was recently awarded a Pottermore Chamber of Secrets Expert Award. God damn. That's so impressive. I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Um... I, I, I'll probably post this all around. It's it's so exciting. And, and because I'm an expert on the Chamber of Secrets, I have uh, some discussion topics for us. Hell yeah. I can't wait. I mean, this has been such a great book. We've had such a good time reading this very good book. And I can't wait to uh, find out what the the real experts at Pottermore have to say about it. Yeah. So as we all know, I think we did this for the first book. There is a Wizarding World book club that everyone you know participates in and they, they go through the books. And um, this one is organized by theme. <laughs> and I love a good theme. Yeah. So we got a lot of themes in this book. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, have thought about maybe what some of the themes that you have thought of reading the book. Um, but, but I'll take you through uh, through the themes that that Pottermore seems to think the book is about. Absolutely. I will defer to you, the expert, the award-winning Chamber of Secrets expert. I will say um, with actual sincerity that this is probably the one that is the most like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I guess that's a theme. Um, And it is specifically for chapters one through five, and the theme is home. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's like... (laughs) Yep. Uh, and it really makes me think back to those, you know, first first few chapters that were that were really good. Yeah. Um, but I have a, a little a little a little question for you that might make you think about that. Oh. Do you think the restriction of underage magic is a good thing? <laughs> well, um, I don't think it's good that they can seemingly not pinpoint who actually does magic that seems like a problem (laughs) 
But I would say that uh, not letting students do the gun spell over the summer holiday is probably a noble goal. I No, yeah, I agree. I I assume that this ties in with the theme of home because wizards aren't allowed to do magic at home uh-huh. when they're kids. Yeah, is... kind of, yeah that's a head scratcher. Um, so I got some good answers from the Twitterverse. Do you want to do you want to hear some uh, some things that other people have been saying that got Lay highlighted it on me? Okay. Lay it on me. Absolutely. Magic isn't a toy. And just like muggle children are restricted from alcohol, finances and driving, it is <laughs> meant to pr- <laughs> it is meant to protect them. Oh, fuck. Oh, the magic of alcohol, finance and driving. <laughs> Those are. Yeah. Wow, I've never thought of it like that, but but I mean, what is magic if not uh, a four loco and a cigarette? Damn, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm not really sure about that question. That sure, I don't I don't know what that's about. I guess I guess it's probably good because you know it's not like we let children near finances. <laughs> Uh, but maybe we should. Maybe children should uh, should learn to 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 play the stock market and do a little magic of their yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how about this question? And this is a character question. Got it. Where do Where do you think Ron feels most at home? Ooh, toughy. But I'm probably gonna say home on that one. Oh, like his house? Like his house where he lives and has a family. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, a real tough head scratcher that, but I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Ron feels at home at home where he was excited to take his friend and has Chudley Cannon's merch. Oh yeah, like all over his wall and 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 it's very cool and that was actually, the- I think that's one of the cutest details of the book. I love that Ron is a fan of a like not very good team. Yeah, I think that's I I loved all the Burrow stuff. Ron, I have to Ron I have to me, say that. Ron and me are both big Shanghai Dragons fans. And 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 that's just how it is. Have, have the Shanghai Dragons won a game yet? Uh they won a really clutch round against the Fuel, I want to say. Like they they didn't they didn't win like the full match, but they like took a set off of them and it was really cool. That's great. Um, yeah. That's great news. We um, love uh, Giggory. If you're listening to the Shriek Shack, uh, <laughs> you are welcome. You know, we've had a lot of variations of our name, but I think that's the first time I've heard Shriek Shack. The Shriek Shack? What's well, like the steak, shake, steak and shake, steak, shake shack. <laughs> Shriek Shack. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, I, I liked your answer that, that Ron's home is his house. Uh, but I wish I wish you had been a little bit more poetic, like this Twitter user who says, I don't think it's a location. To Ron, home is his mum's sweaters, his brother's joke shop, Hermione's laugh, Harry's slap on the back. Ooh, that little slap. I feel at home when you slap me, Harry. <laughs> I don't think we've seen a, a back slap moment yet uh but i Uh, harry doesn't really seem like much of a backslapper uh no he doesn't seem like he does much at all he he doesn't get his friend's christmas presents um doesn't slap him on the back (laughs) maybe that's what he gets no that's what he gets them (laughs) instead of christmas presents 
happy Christmas, Ron, slaps him on the back. Yeah. Well, also, let's let us not forget that he only visited Hermione in the hospital as a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ron's home is Harry's back slaps. Yeah. Ooh. Very okay. Nice. Well, uh, so that one, we're we're gonna go on to our next theme. Got it. And and the the next theme is celebrity. Ooh. What do you favorite. think of that? I love a good celebrity. I love the celebs. You know. I mean, there are a lot of celebs in this book. We have Gilderoy Lockhart. Big celeb. Uh, Harry, I guess. Big celeb. So this this book is really all about celebrities. You know um, who's a big celeb? Who? Snape. He is a celebrity in my heart. Oh, me too. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he can duel with the celebs. Yeah. See, that's the thing. He's like, yeah, he's like a dark horse. He's like he one is. of those. He's a celeb, but he's like, he's like when Green Day were still celebrities, but we're like, fuck you, Lady Gaga or whatever. Like, you know. I don't think Billy Joe ever said that. I think they did. Didn't they have no a thing way. where they would call out other bands or whatever? My thing is so. No. Okay. One time. Okay. Here's a. Here's a. Here's a big ZC story that, is, that I don't think I've ever told you or, or or tweeted about or anything. So this is a this is a, a treat for everyone. Um, when I was in senior year of high school, I went to uh-huh. see Dragon Force live. Oh, um, um, we all know we all we all love Dragon Force. They were they were fucking awful live. <laughs> um, I mean, not much better on record either, but hey. Um, but the the weirdest thing that they did was they they're like coming out on stage thing is that they and like this is this is getting into some like weird band lore, but like Metallica's big live show thing is to play the music from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and to walk out on stage and then start playing a song. Sure. Uh, so they started doing that, but they like played. So Dragon Force like started playing the song from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and then came out over the mic and like called Metallica gay. Like that was the <laughs> big thing. Or is it like like we're not gonna walk out to this song because we're not stupid or gay? And then they oh. came out and started playing a song. Um, and I just like to point out that I think even at that point, this would have been you know seven eight nine years ago it was a while ago um that all these guys were like in their fucking 40s or whatever and like that was their big intro so i mean who else could you count on for a a bold homophobic um uh call out for metallica (laughs) take that metallica i guess (laughs) yeah that's impressive that's my thought on celebrities so that's celebs um which you know, was a big theme in, in Chamber of Secrets. And um, <laughs> so it was a big it was a big moment when Lockhart said that Metallica was gay uh, in, front of, in front of the class. Um, and that will bring us right into our first question about this, which is, could Harry benefit from listening to Lockhart? No. <laughs> I mean... I love Lockhart. Don't get me wrong, but like, no, because all Lockhart tells Harry is to like how to 
how to be a celeb like he's telling him to carry pre-signed photos or actually mm, you know what i'm walking this back harry absolutely should have listened to lockhart that would have been a way funnier book if harry was like <laughs> sincerely trying to get his name out there like oh fuck imagine the version of chamber of secrets where harry is like an instagram clout guy oh my like, god oh and he's like trying to he's got like he's got signed photos and he's like walking up to people in the corridors and it's like hey fam let's build uh and like handing them a, si- a signed photo and, and lockhart's like cheering him on and ron and hermione are like pissed at him. But ever, we've come up with so many like alternative universe versions of uh this is i can't believe this is blowing my mind this version of chamber of secrets where ha- the whole like harry's character arc is like learning the perils of fame because he starts handing out like signed like yeah. photos and stuff and then they start thinking that he opened the chamber for attention and he's like oh man yeah and he and he's and he's streaming Fortnite and he says mudblood on accident oh just a heated gamer moment <laughs> oh i i want this version of the story so bad like okay yeah so i'm i'm actually 100 percent on board of this lockhart and harry should have been the main characters harry should have listened to lockhart more they should have been collabing on like on on getting harry famous but then it turns out that lockhart was secretly just using him and he was gonna like memory charm him or something and then like that's the conflict oh that would have been so good wow yeah, we've come up with a lot of good alternate versions of this book, and this Harry, might be my Harry favorite so far. Like a little Logan Paul, he Ugh. finds, he finds, he finds, he, he fucking he finds Moni Myrtle in the bathroom and is like making jokes about it on like a wizard stream. Oh my god, he has Colin Creevy take his picture with like Justin's petrified body. Yeah, holy <laughs> fuck, this is so good. Let's get those hearts going, fam. It's me, Harry Potter. What up, my Potterheads? Let's build. <laughs> also, that could really tie into his whatever like lame ass conflict that he has in this book, where he thinks that maybe he should have been in Slytherin. Yeah, because that whole thing doesn't make any sense. No. he does. <sighs> this is so good. We, we'll workshop Here, this because we'll this is gold. This, yeah. this is. Uh, <laughs> yep. We're gonna rewrite Chamber of Secrets as Harry becoming Logan Paul. Get excited for that fan fiction collab. Uh, you can take on the majority of the story. I'll take on the like standalone chapters of the, the Snape Lockhart romance that's happening in the background. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, we're doing this. This is excellent. All right. All right. Moving along to the next question. <laughs> what are the consequences of fame in the wizarding world? The consequences? I, I don't know what this question is doing in a discussion about chamber of secrets yeah like because the there aren't any as far as we know lockhart was getting away with this the whole time right and like it wasn't that he had some like the the consequences were he like he fucked up impaled on your own sword is what dumbledore says to him yeah um and i guess i think it's frustrating because it almost i don't know if this is what it's trying to imply but it feels like it's implying that harry was thought to be the like opening the chamber of secrets because he's famous but it wasn't because of that it was because he can speak to snakes right yeah 
um see if again if if we had if we had gotten the version of the story that we just workshopped then it would be about the you know the consequences of fame um but like yeah that doesn't really pop up like like this isn't like harry isn't like listening to drake albums and going like damn it is lonely at the top or anything you know like like he's not he's not yeah like, he he has moments where he's annoyed by Colin taking his picture and annoyed by Lockhart, who's always bugging him. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, like, I guess there's the argument that, like, because he's famous, everyone's more prone to think that he's the heir and, like, are mean to him or whatever. And has, like, he has, like, a outsized image. Um, but that doesn't really fit. That doesn't really come up aside from like one or two moments. So uh yeah, I don't know. I'm the consequence the consequences of fame are no one looks up your cool anagram name. Like you spend all this work turning your your first middle and last name into a cool anagram puzzle and no one solves it. <laughs> no one care no one cares enough to solve it no no yeah it's, it's tragic I, I, I mean i I assume being famous in the wizarding world is the same yeah because there's yeah, nothing I, to make us think that it's not no like like the celebs can do what they want um they step all over other people who are probably like propping them up i mean like that's lockhart's whole thing right is he's appropriating like the hard work of other people um but yeah, no, this doesn't really come up in this book. But if we had written it, you bet. You bet oh, yeah. some Oh yeah. Um, right before the fall shit. Hell yeah. So this next one is is a little bit weird because it, and it ties in and it's does Harry see himself as a celebrity? No. <laughs> These are all <laughs> the same question. No, he doesn't because we just thought because like he's so annoyed when Colin starts taking pictures of him and stuff. Like Pottermore, these are the same question. Someone someone responded this. He doesn't like being famous for his name alone. This is suggested in book one's Quidditch match against Hufflepuff. Uh, Do you remember that? Is, is the Hufflepuff... Hufflepuff one is... He just catches it, right? Or, or that when he swallows it? Uh... Or, Weirdly, the Quidditch is not what I remember from book one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Because um, it's the Slytherin game that Snape is officiating or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and he ate it. And that's, that's one where he had to kiss the snitch. Um, uh, so I don't know what the fuck that person's talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is something that comes up a lot, right? Like Harry is going to be you know saying that he's just harry but it doesn't seem to have much follow-through right yeah just an know. ordinary boy these were like these feel like questions that were written by somebody who didn't read the book and was convinced it was about something else <laughs> like because all of these are about like fame and the book really doesn't delve into that at all no no not at all so not i guess we'll, i guess we'll move on to our next theme and it's phobias. Oh. Oh my. So before I read the questions, uh, let's workshop this a little bit, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, Ron is scared of spiders. Yep. Right? Yep. What else? Uh, um, uh, Lockhart is homophobic against Metallica. Oh, yeah. That's true. 
<laughs> uh, but no, that's kind of it, right? Like, I wouldn't call the like there, there there's a spider phobia, but I wouldn't call like the blood purity stuff like a phobia. That's just racism. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, I guess there seems to be some talk in this great Twitter moment that like wizards have a phobia of parcel tongue or snakes, which oh, I guess we've okay. talked about quite yeah. a bit. So that's true. Yeah. I'll, 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 yep. Yep. I'll give them that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like muggle is the muggle stuff a phobia. I don't really think, I feel like that's kind of like the same, the, the blood purity thing. That's just like, you know, racism or whatever you want to call it. Like but it's not a phobia. They're not, they're not muggle phobic. Yeah, yeah. So so here's our first hard-hitting question. And it's actually a good one, but probably not in the way that it's intended. Okay, all right. Why isn't Harry afraid of the voices he hears? <laughs> That's a fucking great question. <laughs> yeah, why isn't he? Um, yeah, he seems mildly perturbed at most. Uh, yeah, he's like, That's not good. Um, I can only imagine how good the twitter answers to this are uh because i would ask this question in a rhetorical sense um yeah yeah i think we have and and honestly like my my honest to god response is bad writing yeah book it's bad. the book is bad it's <laughs> like harry is not characterized well yeah. it's it's lazy <laughs> at best um right. but of course you know that's really not the angle that people are taking with this. No, of course not. He already knows he's different and marked. Those are in quotations. I think oh. he'll I think he'll go along with anything at this point. Voices seems legit. Let me check it out. That would be great except he doesn't fucking check it out, does he? <laughs> he doesn't do, do anything about it um no i'm i mean okay actually we did i think we did talk about a few episodes ago how funny it is how bored he is with magic already or how it seems how, how yeah. bored he is yeah like, second second year at wizard school he's already like rolling his eyes at classes and stuff and like i don't know about you but i feel like if i like even now as a as a jaded 20 something discovering magic was real and like going to study i would be over the fucking moon about everything right like history of magic sign me up transfiguration hell yeah hell yeah potions all right however many inches of parchment you want like i will be fucking stoked like he's just really bored by school already i mean i guess it is a school but still it's fucking magic school he's been locked in a closet for his entire childhood like it's weird how acclimated he is to it already i guess you know yeah maybe um when uh voldemort was making his horcruxes like i guess this isn't canon but maybe different like traits went into the different pieces of his soul and harry got like the like bored at school part <laughs> yeah yeah so, he, got, he got the like like voldemort's seven deadly traits uh racist murderer bored a lot uh, <laughs> just hates to do his homework oh god i have to write another paper i have to read a book ugh yeah so so that was that's kind of unlucky that harry harry got that um yeah. I, I guess someone else touched on what i think is kind of onto something 
about this question, but I feel like maybe they haven't read Chamber of Secrets in a while, which is, he isn't afraid because as a new wizard, he thinks all his fellow wizards hear the voices too. He thinks it's totally normal. Except for the first time that he hears the voice, he immediately tells Ron a few paragraphs later, and Ron says, no, that's not normal. Yeah, he doesn't tell Dumbledore, because he's like, even Dumbledore might think that's crazy. Like, what? What? Yeah. You did not. So, I, I'm, I'm calling BS. I don't think this guy read the book. I don't think. He no. Yes. Or, or or maybe he read it many years ago because I think that's like pretty like maybe that's what I would guess if I hadn't read the book in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is the Wizarding World Book Club official account replying. Good point. What are voices and walls compared with the everyday spookiness of the Wizarding World? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> the everyday spookiness. You mean like you can conjure food up, like any food you want, magically for breakfast? What? Like all, damn, all the all the food. friendly ghosts? Yeah, all the friendly ghosts that are cool and like the cool creatures and the. I mean, like I guess the forest is spooky, but like no one else goes in there, so I, I don't. It doesn't seem all that spooky until the murders start. You know. Yeah, and, and another uh, response from the official account: Does Harry hide his fear, perhaps? hmm thinking emoji he i guess harry just fucking hides everything that he's thinking in this point of view novel yeah yeah he really fucking buries it he's just really keeping it to himself so stoic uh, little boy he is so stoic um i I, again i'm like revisiting this question and i don't even know what it's asking which is who has the most fear no, excuse me. Who has the most to fear from the events at Hagrid's house? Which I guess is that scene where they all comically like pile in to arrest <laughs> Hagrid. Who has the most to fear? What? Like I, I, out of I, those characters or like in general? I guess out of those characters, Hagrid's going to prison for life. Yeah, Hagrid's going to fucking so, mind prison. Like where they're going to suck his soul out. Like that seems bad. Um. I, we have some creative answers. Hell yeah. Lay it on me. Okay. Fudge. He's always asked Dumbledore's advice and sought his approval. Putting Hagrid in Azkaban is bad for his relationship with Dumbledore. Uh, yeah. F- poor Fudge. Poor Prime Minister. I'm gonna hit um, you with another one. Yeah. In a way... Draco has a lot to fear. He's seeing the evil plots of his father come into action, and he has to decide whether to be good or bad. I think I know what he decided. Yeah. <laughs> to be bad. Uh, like, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Draco, like we've said, he does eventually get his redemption arc. He's only like 12 here, but he seems pretty set in his ways as an evil little hitler in this book oh yeah he's he's i don't there is no part of this book where i feel like he's wrestling with any kind of no absolutely uh, you know moral dilemma no he is i I, in so like in so much that in the last chapter when Ginny is just fine again it is framed as draco is sad yeah draco's pissed draco's pissed but Ginny's okay yeah yeah, so not not uh, I'm not on board with Draco having a lot to fear there. Yeah, so so who so who do you think has the most to fear? Um, I'm gonna say that. Uh, 
Fang has the most to fear because who's going to come and feed him toffee? Like that's true. Like, they okay. Hagrid even makes a point of saying someone's going to need to feed Fang. Who's going to feed Fang? Harry never fucking goes to, or at least like we we never even get like a throwaway line about like Harry going and feeding Fang for ha- Hagrid while he's gone. Like that's so fucked up. Harry doesn't do shit for his friends. That's my that's my take. <laughs> like, Harry doesn't do shit. He just doesn't do anything. This is my last question for our theme of phobias, and this All one right. is a throwback. Ooh, are you ready? This is. I love a good throwback. This is throwback, not Thursday. Did Hagrid behave irresponsibly? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I mean, I'm just going to like for all of the bullshit in this book. I uh, I do think that Ron's line about that's the problem with Hagrid. He what what is it like? He he never notices anything as a monster until it's too late or whatever. Like. I think that's a really good line that should have appeared maybe in the first book when Hagrid was acting like a child and trying to raise a dragon. Um, Mm -hmm. Here, like, are they talking about him like in the present time of the book or like as a child when he was raising Aragorn? Uh, I believe this is in direct reference to him telling harry and ron indirectly that they should follow the spiders to find out more information however i think it could also be referencing him raising aragog uh yeah i'd say he probably like like the spider's first response was to like eat him want to eat him or whatever so yeah i'm gonna say hagrid use your fucking brain um yeah he doesn't (laughs) seem to learn from his mistakes Ever. He doesn't learn from his mistakes, but okay. To be fair to Hagrid, Hagrid does not return in this book um, from Azkaban. Oh, I thought no, he, he does, does at like, the feast. He does at the feast at like three a.m. But he, like he doesn't like have anything to say. He like right? He, like, no, waves. no, he's functionally out of the book. Um, and maybe I mean he all he says was follow the spiders or whatever. He doesn't say like like. I don't know. Like, doesn't say talk to them. Doesn't say talk to them. Doesn't say leave your invisibility cloak on the fucking table. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, he's probably being irresponsible there, but like, maybe I could give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I think I'm gonna say overall irresponsible. Right. Yeah. Like, Hagrid has not changed. He's he is still an idiot when it comes to monsters. And I do think, uh, from the perspective of a character, I kind of like that. That that is clearly a thread that is running through yeah. his character. And yeah, it, uh, like uh, not a criticism of of the writing of his character, honestly. But but he is definitely yours. Like I, I think we we were talking about this in the first book. Even like I think we both prefer kind of ambiguously good Hagrid rather than like Teddy Bear dad Hagrid you know yeah Hagrid yeah. Hagrid is a drunk Hagrid loves monsters whom among us etc true true yeah um not not a whole lot on that one but I just I just love to love to bring back irresponsible Hagrid whenever I can hell yeah so we're moving on to theme four with his which is myth and legend hell yeah my favorite stuff 
And we've talked a little bit about that, this, in that it seems completely unclear whether or not the Chamber of Secrets is something that people think of as a myth right. that is impossible, Fuck. or if it's something that happened 50 years ago that everyone remembers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to start this one off really strong. Uh and I'm just going to read, actually, like, so the tweets from the Wizarding World Book Club, they come with a picture with the question on it, but they also, you know, type yeah. in the tweet. So mm -hmm. the tweet that goes with this one is, a rather controversial question to start today's debate, and the Slytherins among you may have strong opinions. And the question is, do you think Salazar Slytherin was a good person? Jesus fucking Christ. Oh Keep my in God. mind, this is a Chamber of Secrets only spec. Like, this is right. the book club for the Chamber of Secrets book. Right. Um, I mean, we've, okay, we've gone back and forth before on, like, like self-identifying as a Slytherin is a tricky thing because I totally understand people who, like, see it as, like, an iconoclast thing or, like, like you know, a, a self-determination thing, or like a you know, like whatever. They're they're green goths, and like I sort of I can sympathize with with that angle, even if if you read too much into it, you are identifying with the literal Nazis of the the Harry Potter canon, right? Yes. However, uh, I feel like even if you do like green and silver and snakes, and and just kind of like the aesthetic of Slytherin. I feel like if you are actually going to sit there and argue that Slytherin might have been a good person based solely on the events of this book where he is described as a, an old man who hated muggles so much that he created a monster and a chamber designed to terrorize muggle children or uh, muggle-born children and kill them, I'm going to say probably not a good dude, you know? Yeah, I'm going to say he was a bad person. I, I yeah. think that that it, I think there's nothing wrong with saying that this is just an unambiguously bad guy. He's he is an evil man. Um, and there's just nothing. Nothing redeeming about him whatsoever. Uh, there's there's zero especially in this book like like looking at this book in a vacuum there is absolutely nothing that redeems him uh at all yeah i think we feel pretty strong about that on on the street cast here it's something that has come up a little while but i do have um the one response in this twitter moment from a, a participant which is if he wasn't a good person he wouldn't have been a founder what do you think of that one <laughs> oh fuck that That's is so that good. is cool that is quite the little little loop-de-loop -loop on that one oh huh? my god that that is that is like so that is beyond fucking perfect like we you know you ever think about or like we we talk a lot about like the weird ways that like centrist liberals and harry potter fan <laughs> overlap that uh -huh. is the most fucking perfect response i could i could point to to talk about how reading this series can rot your fucking brain uh uh like imagine i don't know like like that's the kind of response you get in like a a, a high school history class when you point out that the founding fathers owned slaves or whatever and you're just like well well they couldn't have been that bad because they wrote the constitution like fuck off like <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so that's a really uh that's a brain genius answer if I've ever that's heard one. So fucking good. God. Uh, I don't know what this is in response to um uh, because I like can't let me see if I can find the original tweet. I guess not. Um, but s- at some point, the official Twitter responded to someone and said, Aha, do we even know enough about Salazar Slytherin to pass judgment? <laughs> what? Did I'm going to go with, me? I'm going to go with fucking yes. I know he plenty. A, he, he made, I'm going to uh, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I misinterpreted the book. But can you, can you, can you, can you fact check me here? Can you give me some Pinocchio? Sure, sure. Here? Yeah, I am a Chamber of Secrets expert. Yeah, you are the expert. You won an achievement for it. Of uh, I will defer to you. He made a basilisk to murder children. Uh, let me think about that one for a second. Let me let me see if that's true. Uh, yeah, that's the whole that's the whole <laughs> that's, thing. That's the uh, whole fucking plot of the book. If what I remember are they the, talking about? If I remember correctly, the book is called Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and the Chamber of Secrets is a chamber made to kill children. It is the chamber where he puts the snake that he made to murder children. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, God. There's, there's another tweet where it describes him as a controversial figure, which. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Goebbels, really, <laughs> the really controversial <laughs> German guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Book Club. Uh, our next one that I have uh, after that travesty, and remember, we're on the theme myth and legend. Fuck yes, my favorite. What was the most important truth revealed by the Chamber of Secrets? We got a lot of reveals in the Chamber. I'm putting my uh, full backing behind uh, Tom Marvolo Riddle being an anagram for I am Lord Voldemort. Uh, no, that is a very strong one. But you know what the, the strongest truth is? What's that? It's that Fox can carry heavy loads. <laughs> Oh, so many truths down in that chamber. So many fucking truths down in the in the in, in the secret chamber. Um, there's also uh, uh, Tom Riddle. It, it, he he is shown the truth that Phoenix Tears can heal wounds. He um, forgot for a little bit, but he remembered. <laughs> uh, uh, it is revealed that you can put a sword in a hat and and have it fly out and hit someone in the head um ouch um we learned that a sentient memory is basically just a person and can also pick up wands and talk Mm -hmm. very Um, inconvenient uh it's just a problem for harry yeah um yeah there's some wild stuff down there in that chamber but yeah I, i gotta go with with fox proving his worth uh and being able to truly lift a heavy burden yeah yeah i i think both i think both of those are are pretty good uh let's see what the people are saying hell yeah a huge one was that he- was hagrid's innocence i wish he had been allowed to be educated and have a wand after that <laughs> um okay fair enough however <laughs> i will say that maybe ra- raising a spider that eats people maybe not maybe at least worth a slap on the wrist probably 
Yeah, probably um, not. Not great. Um, he did. He did get that spider wife though, which is very nice. My wife. <laughs> this one kills me. Um, and I again, I I said I have some sympathy for people that read a little bit more into characters than is I I think deserved. Mm-hmm. And it's and this is the secret being revealed or the truth rather. Got it. That Ginny was much more than the girl who had a crush on Harry as she overcame a terrible ordeal that few older and wiser wizards faced. <sighs> I wish. Um, yeah. I, like I, that I would wanna, be nice, huh? Yeah. I don't want to go off on another Ginny rant, but uh, yeah. If only that was like a thing we care- took away from this book, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so so that that really, really gets to me because that's such a bummer. Um, it is. I have one last book club question for you. Fuck yes, hit and this lay one, it on me. This one is going to be great because we are looking forward. We are, are other than the movie, we're leaving behind the Chamber of Secrets, never mm-hmm. to look back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. There's still there's still things on the horizon. And this last question, what questions are left unanswered at the end of Chamber of Secrets? Oh, boy. Um, I've got a big one. I got a big one that I know is answered later on. Where Uh does the food from Hogwarts come from? Oh, oh, geez. Oh, geez. (laughs) Uh, Luckily, we still I think we get one more book. Well, that is still just going to remain a, a little secret <laughs> that we don't know about. Um, I, um, this isn't a mystery for us, but it's maybe a mystery that the uh, faculty of the school should look into, which is uh, how did the girl who haunts the bathroom die? Mm, yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, that was answered for us, but like, seems like that might be the responsibility of the faculty to like check up on does her family not care Um, i mean i think that they knew again i don't know if they knew it was the chamber of secrets well she's a ghost and it only happened 50 (sighs) years ago so she could tell them or talk to her family her family didn't come to the school and talk to the ghost and say hey uh, what happened to you? We we're gonna do everything we can to to bring the killer to justice. You know, uh, at the same time, you know, Hagrid was framed for having a spider, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is the monster." Um, and they also had a dead body of of Myrtle, um, and they probably looked at it, I assume, and did did a wizard autopsy, and they were like, "Damn." this girl just died there are no wounds there are no there's no poison um well no because wouldn't the snake have eaten her if because it got a kill yeah i don't think i i don't know yeah i'm not sure about that i will say that they might have looked and said hey the monster was a spider do spiders do this you know (laughs) yeah maybe yeah yeah (sighs) Um, oh, another one that's, that's unanswered, uh, is, uh, what happens to Lockhart, and I don't want them to answer it, because I know what ha- what comes next, and, and it sucks. Yeah, it sucks uh, big time. Free Lockhart. I have to say that, um, 
this book really implies or seems to imply that he's going to be fine, right? Like he's going to go to the hospital. He's going to get his memory back. Yeah. It's like very silly. Dumbledore like makes a little joke at him. Um, It's very dark when that is not the case. This. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that scene when we were doing our chapters, when Dumbledore kind of makes fun of him, I guess. Yeah. Impaled on your own sword. Like would have been funny if like we didn't know that he was basically just like taunting a like a like a vegetable basically <laughs> like yeah and i don't really understand i i don't get why this had to be lockhart's fate i don't know what's wrong with him getting his memory back from after like a stay at the hospital and then being embarrassed and disgraced yeah i would much rather have the version of this where like Lockhart gets his memories back, the truth is revealed, he kind of has to face the music, and he becomes like a, I don't know, like a weird, like, C-list celebrity, like, who just kind of, like, gets by on, like, a, like, rabid fan base, and so, like, like I, I, I want that version, you know, where, where we yeah. still get to see bits and pieces of him, because he, like, you know, what he, what he did is evil, like, he is, he's yeah, not a for good, sure. good, good person, but, like, he is, Especially compared to the other villain in this book, Salazar motherfucking Slytherin. He's like, <laughs> he's like not a not a big deal, I guess. And I just would have rather him have him like, I don't know, face the music and like continue to pop up every now and then and be kind of a funny car- cartoon character. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that seems punishment enough. Yeah. So I, I, f- I think in retrospect, that makes that scene very weird. And Creepy. I guess we'll see. That's my question that is left unanswered now, which is, um, I guess I'll find out if the scene where Harry runs into him at the hospital has any purpose at all. Yeah. Cause I don't remember at all. Few books from now, right? That's going to be in oh, five yeah. or six. We I have think. a long, we have a long way to go. Oh, I think it's Lockhart, five. Longheart come back. He's so yeah. good. Um, I guess, you know, some, some people have, have written in to this question, uh, with their answers. Uh, and one of them is that Hogwarts is a total mystery, lots to be explored, which <laughs> so true. Damn, it's true. It's so true. Um, another one. How did Hogwarts plumbing ever pass inspection? That which, is so fucking true. So true. Um, I, I guess we talked about this a little bit last episode about about the plumbing and wondering about the chamber and why it would be that way. Uh, if it was formed before there was plumbing, but don't worry, we looked it up, and there's a Pottermore article written by J.K. Rowling where she retcons it and like explains it as being like modernized later by Gaunt, I think, who must have been yeah. the one that knew all the toilet spells. The, the, the toilet wizard, yeah, mm-hmm. he saw that toilet basilisk and was like, "Oh yeah, that's the yes, your problem right there." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that. Uh, wraps us up with our answers there except for this final one which is the last the last question left wow, unanswered at the end of chamber wait. of secrets a question i had was did everyone else love reading chamber of secrets as much as i did <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know what yeah yep uh-huh loved it loved this book loved loved coming together every week to uh put our brains together and figure out what the fuck was going on in this book 
I, I, yep, I still don't know. I still don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. Um, yeah, I guess looking forward, you know, past the movie, um, I honestly, my, my like concept of like how this reading series was going to go has been completely shattered. I don't know if you're feeling the same way, but like, I figured it was going to be smooth sailing, like through four, you know, at least and like five would be where it starts getting a little bad, like really bad. Um, we, you know, and like some stuff along the way, like I figured that we'd be mostly having a good time. Like we did with the first book with like a few hiccups along the way. Like I knew that, you know, spew would be like the fourth book's equivalent of like the Norbert chapter or whatever. But I, w- I was expecting things to be mostly a, like slow and steady decline until things really get bad at five. However, this has blown that expectation out of the water. This is such a crater uh yeah like compared to the first book which i looking back still aside from one chapter and like some some nitpicks at the end i really truly wholeheartedly enjoyed uh i don't know what to think anymore going forward i don't know what to expect and it's kind of exciting like yeah i am so curious about prisoner of azkaban again i I guess going into into Chamber of Secrets, which is one of the ones that I remembered the the least of all of them, and and you know we we looked around online and we saw that on all of the lists of people's favorite books they put Chamber of Secrets at the bottom, and I was like, surely not, right? Because they're the same lists that are putting Deathly Hallows at the top, which is mm-hmm. my just absolute like I I think that book is just a a travesty. Um, so I didn't put a whole lot of stock into that stuff. And and oftentimes the like criticism that surrounds Chamber of Secrets being centered around like plot holes, which I, I get kind of the irony of that because I feel like we've been kind of harping on that stuff a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I can kind of see the the source of that, which is really that the, the story is just frustrating and doesn't make a lot of sense and, and feels... Um, like a mystery that doesn't work, but isn't propped up by any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Plot holes are only a problem if the rest of the story doesn't do a good job of getting you to suspend your disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many stories that I love and enjoy that technically have plot holes that I just do not care about because the... And, and, and I'm I'm not using this as a pun, but like the magic of the story is enough to paper it over. You know, no story is like airtight. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it just can't be, especially especially a story where you're, I, I would say, like creating a world and creating your own rules. Right, exactly. There's always going to be an inconsistency. There's always going to be some little thing, uh, you know. If the story, if the bulk of the story is good enough to make you forget, that's what a good story should do: is is make you overlook the fact. I mean, I don't know. Like you think about seeing like a good magician perform, or like like a a a, a band perform a concert or whatever. It's like a, even the best players are going to hit a wrong note, and you're probably not going to notice it. Like unless mm-hmm. it's really bad, you know. Or like a magician, we all know that 
magicians aren't really pulling rabbits out of hats but if they do a good job of 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 the showmanship and stuff of it that doesn't matter you're in the moment you enjoy it and you your takeaway isn't well rabbits can't come out of half so that was stupid you know like like, (laughs) um but if 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 from the jump a story or a performer or whatever doesn't doesn't manage to like hook you then that all that stuff comes you know falling down and you do start to notice the 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 weird ways that like stories are like jury rigged to to work you know like all stories are a series of extremely convenient things happening it's just that a good story makes you forget that uh yeah yeah and chamber of secrets just (laughs) like does not do a good job of making you overlook that stuff no, no. And and I and I feel like this comes up a lot when I, I feel like people are maybe talking about undeserved plot hole based criticism. I'm trying to think of like a specific one that I can use an example as an example, but like um I mean it comes up a lot like in, in relation to Star Wars would be like a pretty big one, right? Like people are always like looking to uh point out uh plot holes or things that that don't make sense that just don't the matter one, and all i, I want to love uh-huh. is is the one that i always remember for star wars which isn't even like a plot hole but it's like it's pointing out that at one point um uh han solo says hell or whatever and sure. they're like well does does hell exist in star wars like i don't see any you know christian theologians hanging out in star wars so what's the deal there like that's the kind of shit where i'm just like who cares like like Right. And like, uh, the, and it's like, well, the line was good and the line communicated what it needed to, to have, you know, uh, to communicate to the audience what, what it's trying to do. And it's effective in doing that. I don't think that this book is effective in communicating much of anything. No. I, I don't know what this book is really about. I don't know. It, it, like, I know we've said this like several times, but there are like the redeeming qualities that I can even think of are some random good imagery that I can remember. I guess the stuff at the beginning, I think is nice with the burrow and some individual scenes and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it just, it, at no point does the illusion hold up to scrutiny you know or like mm-hmm. i guess more importantly at no point does the illusion work effectively enough to make you not care about scrutinizing it um yeah and like, that's all there is to do is. yeah so there's cause... nothing propping this up or making no. it feel like it's trying to communicate something that makes you look past the no. problems that it has and it and and even even as like a well-meaning piece of like agitprop like it mm-hmm. doesn't succeed that either it it doesn't have anything to say about class or racism or you know history of violence you know like like there are so many images that this book borrows that it can't you know it it doesn't deliver on i I mean this this book tries to tackle racial slurs uh uh racism in general uh uh like paranoia um like in you know in wartime stuff like it it's using such loaded imagery to say absolutely nothing uh in it i don't know like 
<laughs> this is a, this is a reference that I'm sure uh, at least some of our audience will, will 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 appreciate. It is David Cage esque, I would say. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you know, it is just it is just taking images that it knows are loaded and using them to go, pretend to say something or try to say something, but it it never accomplishes anything close to like having something to say about about you know racism or class structure or um i mean like i i said this way early uh when we were starting this book but the 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 image of of this book of the the, the you know the the historical founders of this of this school society uh having a horrible racist in their midst and the entire castles like you know the, the society being built on uh on top of a horrible secret that is that is a yeah you know, that is the fact that you know one of them wanted to kill children wanted to drive out who you know the people he thought were unclean that's such an obvious image and it's good i like that concept a lot like mm-hmm. there's a powerful story you can tell there it, it, it like it's almost a fable you know it is it is so simple but the book either jk rowling saw that and decided to back down from it because she felt like she couldn't tackle it or like like i don't know maybe editors argued her down and said like you know this is not appropriate for a children's book we need to sell a lot of copies this is too heavy um but the book never makes good on that very very obvious and quite powerful image i guess is my biggest problem yeah i i agree completely it's it's really a shame i think because i think a lot of the pieces and um the pieces are there and it just doesn't doesn't come together and it does just doesn't say anything now the the uh the the heavy the heavy weight of this story is just too heavy for even a phoenix to carry out of this <laughs> horrible god damn it how long were you sitting on that one <laughs> i i wish my execution had been a little bit better but but yeah i, I stand by it oh my god well <laughs> yeah do you have any final final thoughts on this no, thing before we I, put it to bed? I'm I'm ready to throw this book in the trash. I'm hoping that um, the next one is going to be a personal story about Harry. So um, I'm hoping that's just going to go a little bit better than this. Yeah, I I remember three being my favorite book, but yep. I, at this point, who knows? Yep. Um. All right, I will take us then to our housekeeping. Our theme is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Big thanks to them for letting us use the song as our theme. Um, we're going to be watching the movie for our next episode, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are following along with us chapter by chapter, it's time for you to find a copy of Chamber of Secrets and watch that. Um, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. I'm sure that's difficult to find. Um and then uh, I just want to do a little piece of, of, of uh, uh, listener housekeeping here. We have um, a beautiful piece of Horatio Hurtwood fan art that's uh, that you should go check out. It's on the time on the uh, Twitter timeline there. Big thank you to Sarah Anderson for that. 
It's and amazing. It's so good. I'm so excited for uh, for all of the Hurtwood lore and images we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got an email from friend of the show M, uh, and they write in and they say hi, first time, long time, and this is their this is their pitch for some some Horatio oh. lore. Great. Uh, Horatio Hurtwood is a druid who hated the wizard world for their rigid caste systems. He was a militant environmentalist and advocated against feudal wizarding organizations that houses represent. He was made a house founder posthumously by the headmaster of Hogwarts, who claimed that on his deathbed, he expressed a desire to join the ranks of such houses, and it was jealousy that made him such a political extremist. Dumbledore had been known to say that Hurtwood House is an example that we must embrace those who hate us and remember we can learn from them when we strive for the meeting of the minds. (laughs) The true magic (laughs) is when we find the compromise of longtime enemies for a new future. Slurp. Slurp. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so Uh, much. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm thrilled uh, at the response that the Hurtwood stuff has gotten and I can't wait to see more of that. We're going to win the House Cup for sure. Fuck yes. Hurtwood (laughs) for life. Slurp. Slurp. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So with that, I would say... You know, especially because you got to watch a movie this week rather than uh, catch up to our us with chapters. Please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch her eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.